Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. I'll never forget the day that my father came home from work with a bulletproof vest. (laughs) Man, I was just a boy, and uh, he was, uh, Queen Elizabeth was in our city, and my dad was heading up the security forces for her, the security detail, and he and all of the officers that were involved in security for Queen Elizabeth had a bulletproof vest, and he brought it home to wear the next day, and I'll never forget just feeling that material and thinking, what? You mean someone could shoot a gun, a bullet could come out of it at my dad, but this material would stop the bullet? (laughs) He'd be bulletproof? That's exactly what the Apostle Paul says happens to us spiritually when we put on the armor of God. That evil could be shot at us just like a bullet, but we're protected because of the armor of God. Let's, let's see it in writing when the Apostle Paul writes Christians in Ephesus, now modern-day Turkey, and, and he tells them this. He says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Four, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rules and rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now, if this sort of sounds a little weird, maybe because it's new, or maybe because you haven't heard teaching on it, or, you know, listen, if all you've heard about the devil and demons has come from zombie and exorcism movies, you need to get yourself a copy of the Bible. Because last weekend, when Pastor Jonathan started this titanium series, he opened up the Bible and helped us understand exactly what that's all about. So, you know, when this uh, teaching is over sometime this week, get online, church website, uh, teaching, last week's teaching, hear what Pastor Jonathan had to say about that uh, part of the of the uh, armor of God and the evil realm, because it was so very, very helpful last week. Now, The reality is, though, that you and I are going to be hit with a lot of stuff that comes more from the physical realm. You know, it could be an accident. It could be uh, an injury. It could be uh, something that we're hit with by way of circumstances. We're going to have our share of that. The devil doesn't have a whole lot to do with that. We live in a broken world. We're broken people. We can make dumb choices with or without the devil's help and get ourselves in all kinds of negative circumstances. That can happen too. But In addition to that, there are also unseen powers that we see in these verses that that are looking to do damage and injury to us, and, and they're unseen. They're in the invisible realm. You know, 
a lot of what happens in our world that goes wrong, let's say you watch the news and it could be uh, something that happened tragically on the streets of Toronto or on the international stage in some kind of a war or international conflict. And you hear about the physical injuries, this many dead, this many injured, this is what happened physically, but you don't hear about the cause of the physical conflict and the, the what happened, how weapons were used to do damage to people. You don't, you don't hear what was causing it. You know, when's the last time you heard a news report where they said at Young and Finch today, the police found 37.4 kilograms of uh, hatred? No, but watch this. You take the hatred away, the racism disappears. You take the anger, the rage away, the violence disappears. You take greed and selfishness away, and the stealing disappears. See how powerful evil is? And it comes against every one of us. Just like stuff happens in the physical realm, stuff happens in the unseen realm. It reminded me of a story that a college professor of mine uh, Bill Griffin uh, told when we were students in college, and he told about this, uh, this guy with his coach that was in the boxing ring, and the bell went to start the first round, and he went out there, and he's tried to box, but he ended up being beaten so bad, he came back into his corner at the end of the first round, and his coach said to him, you're doing great, you're doing great, and he looked at his coach, really? You're doing great, he can't lay a glove on you, get back out there, and Bell goes second round, and he comes back at the end of it so beaten. He has a bloody nose. He sits in the corner, and the coach just says, oh, you're doing great. He can't lay a glove on you. Bell goes third round. He gets out there. He comes back from it so beaten. He's dazed. He can hardly stand up. He sits down there in the corner, and the coach just puts the, you know, he says, ah, you're doing great. You're doing great. He, he can't even lay a glove on you. And so the, the dazed boxer looked over at his coach and he said, he said, coach, when I go out there for the next round, he says, keep your eye on the referee because somebody out there has beaten me something fierce. <laughs> it's exactly the way it is for us. We, 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 why do these things happen in our world and in our life? Where's this evil coming from? And, and the Apostle Paul and Jesus identify that there are evil powers at work. And basically, the Apostle Paul goes on in this passage in Ephesians, and he says there are six bullets that you can expect in your lifetime to come at you. Sometimes, you know, more than one will come at once, but you'll get these six bullets. And listen, over this summer, we're going to look at all of these bullets that come at us and see how the armor of God protects us and helps us to overcome and be victorious, all right? But lies, lies. You know what Jesus called the devil? He said he's the father of lies. He breeds lies. Any, any thing that is produced from the devil is a lie. He says there's no truth in him. We're gonna talk about that today. And then, and then also false accusations. He'll send those your way too. You'll have your share of false accusations. Next weekend, I'm going to tell a story about what happened to me personally and how God's armor helped me with false accusations. And then confusion. 
You know, God is not the author of confusion, but we sure know that there's a lot of confusion that can happen where we can't see with clarity. And who, who's the causing that? What, what are the powers of darkness causing that? Doubt. Now, these are not doubts that get you searching for truth or get you testing out, is this really real? Those are good doubts. But these are doubts that get you stopped searching for truth. You're just overwhelmed. You're stopped by them. And then deception. Do you remember the story last year in Nova Scotia where I lived for a lot of years of my life, uh, a man uh, masqueraded as a policeman and fabricated a police car and used that trust earned by people to, to, to get from them and ended up murdering them and ended up evading because people just thought he was a legitimate policeman. He was deceiving. That's what, exactly what our enemy does. You're going to face your share of deception. We're going to hear about that this summer. And then darkness, you know? And of course, you don't fight darkness with darkness. All you do is flip on the light and darkness has to disappear. You know, by the end of August, we are told that the majority of Canadians will be protected uh, from COVID. We're praying, listen, if you'll join us for this series, by the end of August, you are going to be protected from all of these bullets of the evil one. You will know how to stand your ground with the armor of God on with each one of them. Now, before we get into lies, the first bullet that comes at us there are three need-to-knows. You need to know these things about all of the armor of God. First of all, doing the armor of God is not a natural response. It's a learned response. Isn't it good we got this summer to really focus on this and learn this well? The armor of God, it's not a... What's the natural response? Listen, if someone in the invisible realm of evil hates me, what's my natural response? To hate them back. <laughs> And uh, you hate me, I'll hate you back. And, and then you have double the hatred. If someone's angry at you and you get angry back, you just compound the anger. It, it's, it takes intentionality. It takes discipline to put on this armor and to respond back with something different from what we are hit with in life so we don't just escalate and uh, you know, exponentialize the evil that comes at us. And it's not natural to respond with love and care and patience and forgiveness and, and trying to care for that other person. It's, it's a learned behavior. It means refusing to wear the worn out useless clothing of anger and hatred and uh, jealousy and injustice. It just You set those aside and you put on the full armor of God. I think Martin Luther King Jr. said it so very well. Listen to this. He says, returning violence for violence multiplies, multiplies violence. Adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. You see, that's why Paul says the weapons that we fight with, are, they're not the natural ones. We don't respond back with what naturally comes to us. We've got something supernatural that we can respond with. He says we use, in 2 Corinthians 10, he says we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments, to destroy those lies. You know, every 
week, it seems, at staff meeting, our pastors and staff hear reports of what you are doing in such an amazing way, beyond expectations. And we heard it from Jerry earlier, our host today, Love Army. You know, that just, you, you're give, every month we're given unignorable acts of goodness that we can do. And, and church family, you're, you're amazing in how you are responding. But watch this, love army. It almost sounds like they are in conflict. They do not belong together. Love army? You know, because the only army that we are exposed to so many times in this natural order are armies that use weapons that injure and that kill and do damage and destroy. But those are not the weapons we fight with, right? The weapons we fight with are much more powerful. How many know there's nothing more powerful than love? Love is going to outlast any hatred or any evil. Jesus is going to rule. And so love is the only future. It's the only place to go to spend your future. And so let's learn to use these weapons well. All right? That's part of the armor of God. It's, it's learned. And so let's spend this summer learning it. And then secondly, we are not the primary target of the devil. By the way, devil is evil spelled with a D in case you're trying to find a, what's the devil anyway? Just think of evil. Put a D in front of it. We are not the primary target of the devil. Man, this helped me out so much when I learned it. It was a real eye-opener for me. I used to think that I was the target of the devil. Jesus said he's the enemy. He's going to try and kill, steal, and destroy from you. He's going to try and get you. But we are not the main target of the devil. If we're not the main target, Pastor Keith, then why shoot invisible bullets at us? Why? To get at the main target. You see, every human being, different from the animal kingdom or plant kingdom, every human being is created in the image of God. That's why people reach out with religion to try and find God. <laughs> every human being has this wondering, is there more to life than this? We're, we're created for a capacity to have spirituality. And listen, you may not even be a follower of Jesus Christ, but you're still a target of the evil one. <laughs> Those unseen invisible powers that are shoot bullets at you because, because you're a, you carry the image of God in your life. You're a human being. And so every, every one of us, are, it's like we have a target on us because we're, we, we have something of God and a capacity for a relationship with God in us. And so that makes us the target. When, when my dad came home with a bulletproof vest, why would someone try to shoot him? He would not be the main target. If my dad was shot at, and that bulletproof vest came into effect, it would be because of his association with Queen Elizabeth. He was one of her bodyguards. And so... It's the same way. The evil one will shoot at you, but it's because you're a carrier of the image of God. And the only way that he can get at God is to try and shoot at the image of God that is in you. 
it's because of your association with the king of the universe who created you in his image. That, that's why he shoots at you. All right? So we need to understand that, that, that we're not the primary target. But then third, we need to know this before we just jump into our main teaching here. There's a bullet with your name on it. Now, we're talking about lies today. Pastor Jonathan said last weekend, he said it this way, the devil has a playbook on you. And you, watch this. The devil knows your weak areas. You know, multiple weak areas for most of us. He, he knows how to get you. He knows how to push your buttons and get you in a place where you are discouraged and you are demeaned and you are devalued. He knows how to get you there. And you know, during this COVID time, I mean, it's, it could happen so easily emotionally and changes in circumstances and relationships. So easy for, for him to lie to you about your value and just tell you, you know, you're, you're, you're a loser. You're a reject. Or, or no one would really even care about you or love you if they knew what you were really like. He lies about our value. And he especially is like a vulture that moves in when he senses that we are down because we messed up because of our weaknesses or someone has rejected us or because of things that we're going through circumstantially. He just knows how to move in like a vulture and lie to you about your value. Here's another lie, and that is he'll lie about your purpose. You know, how many people are on the planet today, they do not know that they have a purpose to know God and to live forever and to make this world a better place by being Jesus to people that they come in contact with. They don't know they have that purpose because they're told, you know, your purpose in life is to make money, make friends, make love, and make a name for yourself. And they, they, they don't even know. They're lied to about their purpose. Another, another lie is about our destiny. About our destiny. Some people think this life is all there is. You know, I heard an interview with the Canadian who played Captain Kirk on the original Star Trek, William Shatner. He was interviewed because he, he's just celebrated his 90th birthday uh, just a day or so ago. And, and the interviewer said, I have one last question for you. And they said this, what gives you hope on a scary day? And William Shatner said, well, a scary day would be when I'm dying and I'm 90. I think about that a lot these days. And then he paused and he said, you know, I have nothing to bring me hope on that scary day. What a lie. What a sadistic lie that this life is all there is when Jesus left heaven to come and pay the debt so that whatever would be the barrier that would keep us from having life with God forever would be removed and, and, and went to prepare a place for us in heaven. What a, what a sadistic lie. Another, another lie is he lies about our God. You know, one of the lies, one of the big lies on the planet today is you can find God through religion. Listen, Christianity, when turned into a religion, moves away from Jesus and what he taught. And you end up looking to, to priests or church hierarchy and then to do for you what, your own, what Jesus alone can do. And, 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 and people that are leaders in their church, they fail. Look at the, what we're dealing with in Canada now with the residential schools. Another example of when Christianity becomes a religion with church hierarchy and, and they, they have power and they can do the things that are the opposite 
of what Jesus said his followers would be about. There's another way he, he lies. Not only that you can find God through religion, but, but God's angry at you. You messed up and he's angry at you. I mean, what a lie. Jesus died on the cross for us because we would mess up. What a lie. God's not angry. He loves us. He wants us restored. I mean, another lie. If God loves you, bad things won't happen. You know, and here's another lie. It was, remember the first human beings ever read Genesis? The first chapters of Genesis are the first human beings were told that if God's holding out on you, that's why he wants you to have all these good things but not do wrong because he, he just doesn't want you to, he's holding out on you. These lies about God. All right, so those are just four big lies. He lies about your value, your purpose, your destiny, and your God. What do we do? Here's what scripture says, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. <laughs> Isn't that great? All right, and he says, here's how you start. All right, we'll get into the other ones in subsequent weeks, but here's how you start. He says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. All right, stand your ground and put truth in its place. You know how some Christians, though, they read this and they just change it into something else. I'm going to stand my ground against the devil. I'm going to put the devil in his place. And for them, that means finding out so much about the devil, discussing what they're going through with the devil, uh, negotiating with the devil, inserting the devil into every problem that they face, praying against the devil. They become so devil conscious. I've heard Christians facing problems and say, I just rebuke the devil and tell him, you get back to H-E double stick where you belong. Listen, you, what you're doing is you are giving the devil exactly what he wants. You're, you're going according to his playbook then because you are giving him credit that belongs to Jesus. You're giving a, him a position in your life and in your prayer life that he no longer has. He, he no longer has. Um, the instructions in Ephesians do not say put the devil in his place. They say put truth in its place because Jesus has already put the devil in his place. Let me illustrate. One of the first trips I took to the land of the Bible was with a group of people in my church that I pastored in Edmonton. And uh, we went to one of the first sites. I forget who was buried in the, from the Bible characters in this tomb. And you had to step down into the tomb carved in rocks. And as the guy told us the story and we went over and, and we started to line up to go down these stairs into this ancient tomb, there was a local man that was standing there with a roll of those, you know, cheap little paper tickets. And he was... Um, He'd say, dollar, please, you know, and people were starting to reach for a, a dollar, a little confused. And I was confused because I remembered that the uh, documents that we had filled out uh, were very clear that all entrance fees had been paid for already. When you paid for the trip, it included all your entrance fees. And so I, I went to the guide and uh, right away he went over and as he was making his way over, this, <laughs> this local guy just took off. He didn't even hang around to be told to get lost. 
in Hebrew or Aramaic, whatever language that, that, that he used. You know, and that's exactly it. When the devil comes with his lies, do not give him a position that he does not have. Do not give him an authority that he does not legitimately have in your life. He has absolutely no right to be discussing your spirituality, your circumstances, anything with you. He's requesting something from you that Jesus has already paid for on the cross. It's included in what Jesus has done for you on the cross. Listen to Colossians. The Apostle Paul writes to Christians in Colossia. He says, in this way, he, Jesus, disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. They're disarmed. They don't have anything to use against you. He shamed them publicly. How did he win over spiritual rulers and authorities? By his victory on the cross. Do you see it? Jesus has already put the devil in his place. Don't let him try to open negotiations on what Jesus has already paid for in full. All right. So who do we trust to tell the truth? Think of it now. What's a criteria? If you really want to know the truth, you say, Dr. Google, come on. <laughs> you can find whatever truth you want on the internet just to back up what you already want to believe or what someone else wants you to think. Now, who are you going to trust to really tell the truth? It has to be someone that knows all the facts. Not just some of the facts, but knows all all of the facts. And then secondly, someone who will be completely honest with you. Someone who cares enough about you to be completely honest with you. How many of that would be the God who made you? No one knows more about you than him. And, and no one cares more about you. And no one knows more. No one cares more. And, and, and no one will be more honest with you than God. And so what does God say about your value? You know, we, we, we know how the enemy will lie to us about our value. But, but what, what does God say about your value? You know what he says? I love you so much that instead of letting you destroy yourself by going your own way, I'm coming in the person of my son, Jesus Christ, and I'm going to sacrifice my son. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for you because he loves you. God so loved you. He, he values you so much that he wants to give you a second chance to come into relationship with him and be with him for all of eternity. He values you. You wonder what you're worth? Just look at the cross. That's how much God considers you to be worth. That's your value. And then what about your purpose? Your purpose is to use whatever successes and relationships you have to, to, to let God work through them to reveal to other people God's love for them. Isn't that a great purpose? Just to, as many people as possible, through what you do in your work, your studies, your everyday life, your relationships, that, that's your purpose. What about your destiny? Jesus said, I go to heaven, to my Father's house, John 14, to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you may be also with the Father and me forever. The way things were supposed to be from the beginning. You know, your body will be left behind, but spiritually, you'll have a new body and you'll be with me forever. And Jesus says, uh, he who believes in me will have everlasting life. That's your destiny. That's the truth about what Jesus wants for your future. And then what about himself? What about the lies about God? You know what Jesus said? <laughs> you want to know what God's really like? He said, 
Take a good look at me because he who has seen me has seen the Father. I and the Father are one. <laughs> you want to know the truth about what God's really like? Just look at Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. The world has all kinds of religions, but it only has one Savior, only one who loved us enough to give his life for us. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. I remember I had this one young adult come to see me, and a very sorry story. She was so smart, beautiful young lady, so much potential in her life, but she was her own worst enemy. I couldn't figure out why. She just kept telling me, well, she went to school to study for this, and then she quit that, and she was doing well. She went over, studied this, and then she quit that, and she was doing well. Uh, relationships, she had the same thing, just, just didn't feel good about herself, and just it just went on and on. She was her own worst enemy until, long story short, as we got right into her story, she'd grown up with a father who had, uh, I don't know, took out his own issues on her. You know what he told her? Repeatedly, every, her earliest memories was, was him telling her, you weren't wanted, you know. We, we didn't want to have you. We didn't want to have another child. You, you were an accident. And she was told as she grew up, even when she'd do well in school and try and succeed at something, ah, you're never going to amount to anything. That's what he told her. You're never going to amount to anything. Another thing he, to he told her was this, no one will ever want you. Imagine a father saying that to his daughter. No one will ever want you. She was so programmed to lose. She was lied to from her childhood. And how many know that's, that's where the enemy gets in there and he magnifies and he escalates, whether it's circumstances that lie to us, our own failures that tell us we're no good, we can't make it, or, or, or whether it's someone that's supposed to be a good authority in our lives that have, that have uh, sh shrunk our potential and who God wants us to be and how he values us. That happened until this girl. <laughs> it happened years ago, but it still brings tears to my eyes. Until that girl heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that she had a father who loved her so much, he sent his son to give his life for her so she could be transformed. He valued her that much. She ended up with a purpose in her life and a destiny and a father who loved her and wanted the best for her. Do you see it? She put truth in its place and she was transformed. All right, what do we do? We, we put truth in its place. And secondly, stand your ground in Christ. Stand your ground in Christ. Remember the guy that was that uh, showing up as a, a fraud and, and a lie and trying to take money from the people in my group on that trip to uh, the land of the Bible at that site? So what did I do? Did I go over to him and negotiate with them? Did I ask? You know, at least give our people a discount. <laughs> Did I go take a course in Hebrew or Arabic so I could speak in his native language and more clearly articulate my case on why he should not be charging us? No. I Immediately, I went to the guide who had the authority. And watch this. As soon as he saw the guide coming his way, he was out of there. He took off. That's exactly what you and I are to do when we are hit with a lie from the one that's trying to take away from us 
what Jesus has already paid for. We go to him who has all authority in heaven and the earth. We go to the king of the universe. His name is Jesus. We just pray in the name of Jesus. We turn to him. We don't discuss the fine print with the devil. We just turn to Jesus in bold letters and say, Jesus, I turn to you. Listen, I've spent years talking to so many people, and maybe some are listening to me right now. And you, you have, I can tell when people have been listening to the liar because they, they just get down on themselves. I can't make it as a Christian. I may as well give up. I've tried and I've failed again. Or, or you know, I tried to do what was right with my kids or in a relationship. Or, or this has happened to me circumstantially. There must be something wrong with me. And they're just, it just piles on. And the vulture enemy is there just to pile on more and to push them down further. And they get so down that they almost feel like they, they don't have the energy. And I, I've tasted enough of those times to know that when you run out of energy, listen, do not use what little energy you have to take on the devil or those evil powers or any of those voices. But listen to what God says about you and how he values you, your job is not to turn to the devil but to turn to Jesus and pray to him and he'll show up for you I, I, I'll never forget this little girl she was asked this she said how do you overcome temptation how do you deal with temptation when you're tempted with something how do you respond you know what she said she says when, I, when I'm tempted and the devil comes to the door of my heart with a temptation, she said, I asked Jesus to go to the door. That, ladies and gentlemen, is standing your ground in Christ. <laughs> Send he who is, and, and just like that, you know, illegitimate money seeker in Israel that day, the enemy won't hang around as soon as he sees Jesus coming to the door. Oh, how many would like to join me in a prayer of declaration where we say, Jesus, lies are coming at me, but I'm standing my ground in you, Jesus. I invite you to declare this prayer aloud together with me. Let, let's say it together. Jesus, when I am lied to, I will put truth in its place. By trusting what you say about me, I find my value in what you paid for me. I find my purpose in revealing your love to others. I find my destiny in living for you now and with you in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for standing up for me. I'll stand in you, for you, and then with you forever. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.